a energy healer for CEOs? What? Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Dupree, scouring the globe to bring you stories of courage, passion, and resilience. If I could sum up this podcast into one word, I would use empathy. Now let's get inspired. Welcome to the Joyous Expansion Podcast. I'm your host once again, Brett Dupree, episode 99. Woo! Today we have a wonderful interview with Karen Shamway, who is going to talk about being a spiritual CEO, just using that energy to increase your ability to lead. But first, I'm getting vulnerable in my life because if I can't be vulnerable, how can I expect my guests to be? Thinking about everything that has happened in the last two weeks, it has been harder and harder to get these things out. Um, losing and gaining motivation. It's just what it's life in a pandemic. Especially since, you know, losing the light workers is hard for me. And, you know, what's weird is the fact that my job as software testing is going so well. And I almost feel like giving up my dreams. And that's just ah, trying to find purpose in life. But that's not what I want to talk about today. I almost want to talk about hopelessness. Because, I mean, what is, what is, what is it like to be a black person? In America, yes, I'm half black. My dad's black and my mom's white. I grew up with my dad, even though, yes, of the two, I guess, quote unquote, cultures, I'm more relatable, relatable to the white side, but I will never want to forget the struggles of black people in America and do my best to keep myself educated. So this weekend, I watched Judas and the Black Messiah. And number one, I think that that is a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. It's well shot. It's very interesting. Just the way, I think it flows really well. I heard some people talk it kind of has a lull in the middle. But I thought it did a really good job of displaying life back then. Well, you can. I mean, this is a very small part of Fred Hampton's life. That's what is about the murder of Fred Hampton. He was a leader in the Black Panthers who was murdered by the American government at the age of 21 because they were afraid of a powerful black leader who would help people rise up and, you know, try to make a life for themselves in America because they were afraid of black people. And it really, I mean, when growing up, I always thought the idea of the CIA putting crack and drugs into black areas as being kind of fanciful. But after watching this movie, and it does a really good job of showing just the extent that our American government went to to go after the Black Panthers, who and pretty much I've listened to a couple reports on the Black Panthers, one on Behind the Bastards uh, podcast by Robert Evans I like to listen to, and they put more effort and resources in destroying the Black Panthers than they did the, uh, the mob, basically. People who are gun running and things like that. And for the most part, the Black Panthers just wanted to... Well, yes, they were socialist, which makes capitalists squeam, squeamish. Because once you recognize, you know, the powers in the people, the people who are super, super rich lose power. And if they can't afford that second yacht, they get kind of... Their pearls get... They have to clutch their pearls. And how dare those Black people want to not be murdered by the police? How dare they? And there's just... I think the movie does a good job of showing kind of like just how nefarious the American government was. And the Judas character, 
I forgot his name right now, and you know I don't look things up right before I talk about him because I kind of decide right before I do it. But the Judas character, I can't think of his name. He was well well played. He was this guy who infiltrated the Black Panthers, and it kind of showed his struggle as he kind of understood what the Black Panthers were about, but at the same time he had to save his own neck, and he was more interested in saving his own neck than being part of something bigger. And he was part of this documentary that on PBS that came out in the 80s and after the documentary actually played, he committed suicide on the day it came out. So he was obviously conflicted and could really see the conflict. He did a really good job of showing that conflict of that he was going through and how he had to justify it for his own survival because he did not want to go to prison for it. He was looking at five years for going to prison. But it's this feeling that things aren't going to change. I mean, I think things are a little better, but there are black leaders in Black Lives Matter in Baltimore who are being murdered by police. I mean, it's not a coincidence that a bunch of leaders in that in Baltimore and other areas have just been killed. We're still going through a lot of the same troubles as we did in the 60s. Our schools are just as segregated as they were then. Income inequality is almost is worse than it was back then. The only difference, I mean, one of the main differences is, is more people are conscious and want to make that change, but there's still enough pushback to make this think that it is going to take way too long. And of course, race is dumb. It's just a ridiculously stupid way to classify people. I mean, I'm a lower middle class, class, half black, half white man. And I would have, I have more in common of people who are in my area, in my quote unquote class than I do, let's say Ben Carson, a super rich black guy, even if he was half black and half white or Barack Obama, another famous half black, half black guy. We would have kind of a conversation because he doesn't understand my world. I don't understand his world. Anyone who's super rich, I don't get And anyone who's poor, who grew up in the ghetto, I cannot relate to them. I mean, yes, I grew up watching black entertainment television with my family and stuff like that. But I have no idea what it's like to be in the streets. I would be like in the movie Keanu. I love that movie, but it did a great job of showing how I would feel if I went into a club filled with black people who are who act hard. And I feel so white even saying that. And yeah, I'm just saying like. I don't have a lot in common with them. And it doesn't even matter about color. I read somewhere that if you pretty much, I think it was actually behind the bastard we're talking about. If you go two classes above you or two classes below you, beyond that, those people's lives are alien to you because their worlds are just completely different. Somebody who lives in a trailer park who makes minimum wage and works two minimum wage jobs and are barely making it living on or living on food stamps because they can't make too much money or they go off of it or and they, or the, and they can't get insurance for their kids so they live off food stamps. I don't understand their world and it doesn't matter what color they are. I don't get it. I can read about it, I can understand it, but it only comes as an intellectual level and the same thing with people richer than me. I'm just saying race is dumb because human beings are pretty much the same and the only thing that reason why I have even a camaraderie with black people is because white people treat us bad, you know, on a whole. I'm not talking about individual white people. I'm talking about just white society. I know 
there are parts in the state that I live in, in Washington, that I don't feel safe. I don't like going to Yelm or Chehalis or Centralia. There's a certain part of me that's just uncomfortable because I know my skin is brown enough, but I also get a lot of privilege because I have a lot of white skin. I've never been pulled over because of my skin color for driving while black. And I've lived in Bellevue, and I that doesn't happen to me. Because my skin tone is lighter. I, I feel like I'm rambling, but I'm just saying, if you look at the struggles that has happened in this world for race relations in this country, even class struggles, because class also is dumb and we don't have to do it. We just kind of choose to. And the idea of changing society is scary to too many people in power. And thus they pay us poor folk because I'm not rich. I feel like I'm still in a position where I lose my job. I can see myself homeless in a couple of months, you know, because I was just, I mean, I just happen to be in a decent spot right now and we don't have to be this way. And it's just frustrating. Life is frustrating. I'm going through this pandemic and seeing all the problems, looking at class and seeing all the problems. And I'm just trying to think of what do I want to do about it? Because I just noticed how personal development and personal growth just, at least for me, isn't working. Not the way I, not the way I like it to. I don't know. I was hoping to come out with a happy thing at the end to turn it around like I generally try to do. But honestly, that movie kind of affected me and just made me see, feel how hopeless the struggle is. And it's 2021 and we're still having the same problems. And where there's just a coup on the White House and of course nothing happened. And nothing's going to happen to the people. It's only the pawns that are going to jail. Not even the rooks or the knights are going to go to jail. Not even those bishops. It's just going to be the pawns. Just going to be the pawns. Well, anyway, I think I depressed enough. So we'll go into my interview. Heron is a two-time international published author, speaker, and business strategist. Her strong knowledge of corporate culture, human capital strategy, energy psychology, and communication skills allow her to strategize with business owners on the best way to create a thriving business and, in turn, personal life. Heron does this work as an executive strategist in her private practice and also a business performance advisor with Inspire. Her specialization is collaborating with her clients to remove their personal imposed hurdles and up their game. She has a degree in business administration, advanced crumb master certification, a member of Mensa International, intermediate on-screen crisis intervention and training, and feng shui real estate certification. And now here is my interview with Karen Shamway. Hello, Karen, and welcome to my podcast. Hi, Brett. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. Can you give the audience a brief introduction of who you are? I absolutely can. So I work with executives to help them achieve their vision. What I realized was that a lot of times power players need a holistic approach. You can't separate the business from their personal journey. I combine all of my knowledge of corporate structure and human resources and everything else that can derail them on their personal journey if they're focused on it with energy work, energy psychology, basic psychology to help them unblock themselves and get rid of their personally imposed beliefs so that they can attain their ultimate life's vision. That sounds exciting. So who were you before that? Was this something you're always interested in growing up? 
It was something I was always interested in, not necessarily the executive power player part. I grew up thinking that I wanted to be a lawyer because I, I love to argue and debate. And once I realized how much paperwork lawyers have to do, instead of arguing and debating, that kind of went out the window. Then I focused on problem solving. I love the mental mind teaser kind of problems that don't involve a lot of math, the kind that where you have two mothers and two daughters and three generations of women walking down the street. What's the smallest number of people you can have? I realized I was very good at that and at seeing obstacles that other people kept hitting, finding ways around them. I started incorporating that in my work and working with people. And that kind of led me to all sorts of areas within the corporate world that gave me a very strong knowledge of the kind of challenges that top level executives face from the bottom and how they relate to people and problems. Beyond that, I started connecting with top level executives just on a social level. And I saw how consumed they were with their work and what it is that they were trying to achieve at the basic company level. But they also have this vision. A lot of them have a, a vision for their life, which they're not able to connect with because they're so busy focusing on the job that they do. I was able to combine all of my skills together and start kind of talking a few of them through, well, if you fix this, then you can go ahead and focus on yourself. Or most of your problems look on the company side look like people problems. What if we brought in this partner and this partner to help resolve that? Then let's look at your personal vision. What is it that you want from your life? Do you, you want to rule the world? Do you want to live in little bodega in Fiji? What is it that you want and how can we make that a reality given the life that you've constructed? So it sounds like you created your life coaching and your, your executive coaching in a holistic way as you went through your own personal life? Very much so. I've had a range of trainings going all the way from shamanic energy trainings to learning how to do rain dances and conjure clouds. It, for people who are on the woo-woo side, they'll appreciate that. To energy psychology, to the psychology of functional corporate environments, crisis intervention. And all of those combine really well when you have to deal with someone whose life isn't segmented into I do this at work and then I go home and I leave all of that behind and then I do knitting or pottery or whatever it is that they do at home. So how does one combine that executive go for it type attitude with that holistic, shamanic, more relaxed and let things happen approach? My clients are, they kind of self-select in or out. So what I like to focus on are the people who have knowledge of the energy journey, not necessarily are very advanced in it or too Reiki or, or anything else, but have at least been exposed to the thoughts become things reality and are open to that. There are some people who aren't open to that and all they can see are they're very black and white people. Those are not so much my clients, but when I do get someone who has been exposed to the world of energy, even on a basic level and is open to it, then we start with First of all, laying out what it is, Let, let's put out on the table all of the cards. If you, if you could have your dream life, what would it look like? And then how do we reach it? What obstacles do you have today that are preventing you from focusing on that? 
we first go towards the things that are preventing them from focusing on their personal vision and we handle those. Then we come back and look at their personal vision and I might bring in something like EFT. Uh, some people know it as tapping or meditation guidance or visualization or other things maybe point them to Esther Hicks so they can learn a little bit more if, if they're more along on the energy journey. So I combine those in that way. For the people who do not know, EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. It is a series of tapping. I believe it's designed by Gary Taubes. Mm -hmm. Yes, Emotional Freedom Technique is what it does is it uses tapping rhythms along the energy meridians of the body. So different body parts like your forehead or your sternum, your xiphoid process, if you tap along certain parts of your body in a particular order, then what you get is movement of energy within the body. And it helps, you can call it an energetic circulation. It helps that flow. And a lot of times people have emotions bottled up or limiting beliefs. And those have actually been demonstrated scientifically to create kind of a solid structure within the body. You can't necessarily see it, but when those things are released, then you actually have an empty feeling in the place where it was stored. So if you've ever had an experience where you felt like you got punched in the gut, it's a bit bad breakup, somebody yelling at you, you experience that as being punched in the gut. And a lot of times there's an, an energetic thing. You can look at it like a little rock that is kind of developed there. And unless you deal with it, it just stays and they build up over time, however many instances you happen to have with those. If we can get those flowing, then your energy moves a lot better. And all of a sudden life starts to move a lot more smoothly because they're no longer hindering your ability to see the future and focus on where you want to go. So looking at your website, you have a book called You Want to Be a Psychic? Hang on tight. Uh, can you explain that one? Because that seems like a very interesting book. <laughs> yes. So as I was going along in my energetic journey, what I realized was there are a lot of common themes on the not so pleasant side. I wasn't doing it alone. I was I was with other practitioners who were also going along that journey, whatever you want to call it, raising their vibrations, tapping into source. And I was doing all the research that I could about what is it exactly that happens to people. And all I was finding was either list of symptoms that contradict each other. You're going to have diarrhea. You're going to have constipation. You're going to be angry. You're going to be sad. Or the accounts of people who have gotten there and are telling you that at some point you're going to see fairies and unicorns and your angel guides will be all around you and you'll be able to communicate with them and rainbows will be coming out of your ears, which is great. But that is not a reality as you're going through the per the energetic purging process and the unlearning. It's more of an unpleasant process than most people talk about. And so one day I went to my mentor and I said, okay, I, I've done all the research that I could. And it's great that someday I might have rainbows coming out of my ears and be riding unicorns. But today this feels very uncomfortable. I'm going through things emotionally, psychologically, physically that are not pleasant. And so are everybody else that I'm that we're doing this with. This seems to be a common theme. Where is the documentation on the other side 
of the process of the journey. And she looked at me and she said, it doesn't exist. Nobody has ever documented that. And I said, I'm going to document that. That's going to be my book. And I had been keeping a journal up until that point of all the things that I was going through, not necessarily a diary, but just for this process specifically, I had been writing down, I'm experiencing this and this and this. So I had most of it mapped out and I sat down and just started writing. This is what an actual human being experiences during this. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly that I can't find anywhere else. So if you want to do it, it's great. Once you get to the other side, enlightenment or tapping into intuition, it's beautiful and you can achieve a lot. But the process to get there isn't pretty. And it, it shouldn't necessarily be because if you think about all the things you have to unlearn and giving up your egoic attachment to I'm right and it has to be this way, also the, the physical changes that have to occur in order for you to be able to do that. Not necessarily the greatest journey. So I wrote that book, I published it, and so far what I've heard from ev everyone I know who has read it has come back and said, oh my God, if I didn't know that you were writing this about me, I would swear that you had jumped into my head because this is exactly what I'm going through. Now, granted, it's kind of like ice cream. There are different flavors. So if you read the book, I had the chocolate and tuna fish phase. Somebody might have salad and onions, but it was the experience is very resonant with everyone who's along that journey. And that was my contribution to there's nothing wrong with it. You want to get to the other side, but do it informed. Have a full understanding of what you're getting into because it's not rainbows and unicorns and fairies all the way through. What were some of the disturbing or uncomfortable things that you went through in your psychic awakening? I had a few massive emotional breakdowns. There was one day where I was so, I don't want to say paranoid, anxious and upset. And it felt like the world was closing in on me. I was driving. I had to pull over and break down into just a 20 minute sobbing, unrelenting fit. I felt like there was no hope. There was absolutely nothing worth living for. It passed, but it overwhelmed me so much that I couldn't keep driving. I had to pull over to the side of the road and just allow that purging to happen. My taste in food changed and what I was able to eat changed dramatically. I realized that in order to get where I needed to go, I had to give up my attachment to all of my opinions and everything that I thought was right. And there was one point where I looked around and I said, well, if nothing's right, nothing makes sense. This world doesn't make sense because I have this belief structure in place and that's helping me get through life. And I have this belief structure in place and that's getting me through life. And I had to look at that and say, okay, well, nothing that I know is right and nothing that I believe is right. So if given that everything that I know doesn't exist or is incorrect, where am I now? And I had to find myself all over again, which is a scary thing for anybody. But I think once you get past the age of seven, looking at yourself and going, this entire identity that I have and all the ideas and all of the beliefs, if they're wrong, what does that mean? And what does the world look like without? That is a profound question to ask yourself. 
It is a very, very profound question to ask yourself. And it's a scary question too, because your identity is built on all the knowledge that you've accumulated, right or wrong, over your life. If all of a sudden you look at that and say, okay, this database is completely corrupted. It has to be completely wiped out for all the tech geeks out there. It has to be completely wiped out. It has to be, the disk has to be refragmented and formatted. And we're starting from scratch. How do I do this? What does it look like? Am I going to be the same person? Am am I going to have any friends left? It's really intense. Very much so. But one thing that you also pointed out is since you're seven, one thing that I thought was interesting when I learned that about uh, personal development and how we grow is how many life decisions and personality decisions we make by the time we're seven. And as an adult, I would never let a seven-year-old now make any of my choices. Right. But up until now, up until you get to the point where you can say, okay, everything I know is wrong because everything, and I didn't look at it this way. I didn't realize that until later. My entire identity, personality, everything was created by the time I was seven. So up until this point, up until I got rid of everything I believed and said, this is wrong, my life had been run by that four-year-old or seven-year-old or whatever age the reactions were coming from. It was letting go of the incorrect assumptions, the seven-year-old running your life and looking at life as, okay, if that seven-year-old is no longer necessary, what does life look like if I'm running it as an adult without those four-year-old parameters or six-year-old parameters and reactions? So to that executive who might be open to the idea of working with somebody who works on the energetic body, but still kind of thinks it's weird, how would you explain the benefit of working with you? My techniques are able to help them up-level their life. Basically, I can get them to the next level of their journey without too much struggle. I can guide them there. And it's more getting everything in line with where they're going so that their ultimate vision can come to them instead of them trying to find it or trying to push toward it, making them a little more of a magnet rather than the spear who's trying to hit whatever target they're going after. What are some of the success stories that you have noticed? I have a client who was starting up a company he wasn't really sure which way to go. He was he actually had started on the energetic journey a lot further than a lot of people that I work with. And as I was guiding him, his belief system changed and he was able to look at healing past relationships with his mother and with an ex-wife, which managed to unblock his ability to get his company's revenue to skyrocket. It's amazing how those old relationships, if they're in place and they're not healthy, they can actually block you from making money. And by doing that, we were able to remove a wall, we'll say. So that was no longer a a hindrance. And he started getting random ideas for how to improve his business. I have another client who was so focused on his business that in the five years he'd been running it, he hadn't been home to see his daughter while she was awake in five years. So the only time he saw her was maybe on a weekend morning a little bit. But other than that, he'd come home after she was asleep and he would stay awake until 2 a.m. worrying about his company 
what needed to be fixed. What he told me after we completed one of our big milestones was that he was able to come home while his daughter was awake and play with her for the first time in five years. You can't quantify that. It's great. I love being able to say my clients make more money and their company skyrocket, but I helped somebody show up at home while his daughter was still awake and play with her and be able to go to bed at a normal time without having to worry all night. Oh, awesome. That's really nice. We are coming to the end of our time together. And one thing I like to ask my guests is to do a one minute of motivation. You can imagine this as if you are going back in time to talk to your eight-year-old self and you want to convey everything you need to live a happy, joy-filled life. But unfortunately, you only have a minute until you're plopped back into the future. Or you can think of it as condensing your entire life's message into a minute. So you ready? Yep. Let's go. Write down all of your accomplishments. You've done some amazing things and you are going to do amazing things. Write them down because you'll forget. And those amazing things are what you bring to the table and where your power is and where your skills are. So never forget all the good that you do. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I enjoyed listening to your story of how you were able to combine almost like this Eastern Buddhist uh, philosophy of energy with the Western ideal of work and to holistically help people through that and combining the two to allow people to live a more fulfilling life of being able to have success and balance the work and home life. So thank you so much for everything you do for this planet. And thank you for coming on my podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Brett. I really appreciate it. May your day be special. Yours too. There you have folks. That was my interview with Karen Shemway. Hopefully I said her name correctly. Sometimes I need to do better. Anyway, one thing I like about what Karen talked about is the holistic approach, kind of marrying success with practicality. One thing that I can see can get lost in personal development, personal growth, and especially when you come from a energy type situation, background, you can lose the practicality and the realness that happens, but there's also something magical about life. And it's good to tap into that as well. EFT has helped me with many things in my life. I used to not like hugging, and might people who know me might think, wow, that's a weird thing. But I used to be the type of person who didn't like it when people touched me because that was too vulnerable, because I just had a fear of vulnerability and being open with people. And hugs were a part of it, and I was just not a fan of them. And I used EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, to get over my disdain of hugs because I wanted to be a more loving person. And just through EFT, I was able to hug better. And I got to the point where I enjoyed hugging. And it was something I deliberately did through Emotional Freedom Technique. It helped break the boundaries that were holding me back from hugging. And that it's practical, real-life application of it. I mean, I know that might be different than being a CEO, but a lot of things in life is just consistency and making decisions. And one thing that helps you be consistent is emotional freedom technique and other things. So Karen is the type of person who can help you with that. So if you're ready to collaborate with Karen and remove your personal imposed hurdle and up-level your game, you can learn about Karen or schedule a discovery conversation 
with her. You can call her at 682-233-1412 or go to her website, karenshamway.com. You can find that on the description at pod.joysexpansion.com. Also, you can look her up on our own YouTube channel, PEO's Behind the Scenes, for more information about the human capital strategy. And there you go, folks. That is episode 99 of the Joyous Expansion Podcast. Here I am, chugging away at the final, now, 19 episodes. So thank you so much for listening. I love you very much for getting this far, and I appreciate you so much. If you want to listen to past episodes, go to pod.joyousexpansion.com. And you can also email me at any reason at bre2t's, gpr2e's at joyousexpansion.com. Also check out joyousexpansion.com. That's super fun. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. I'm missing one Twitter at Joyce Expansion. And I'm also at Facebook at Increase Your Joy because my SEO game is terrible. Once again, I'm Brett Dupree, your champion of a thank to Joy, Chaos of Transformation, of the Church of Awesome, and Joyce Expansion Life Coach. Reminding you once again to be love, to be joy, to be awesome. And now play my jingle. JoyousExpansion.com joyousexpansion.com Come and say hello to Brett Dupree He is an inspirational life coach Good for you and good for me He turned my life from gray to blue I'm sure he'll do the same for you Get in touch and you'll see Your life will change dramatically Joyousexpansion.com Joyousexp